and welcome back to Nature's Wonders. I'm your host, Will, and today we're joined with Jan. He specializes in all things moss, and he will be discussing things from care of moss to moss cultivation. So sit back and enjoy. This is a really interesting episode. Thank you. This podcast is sponsored by Corals Anonymous and Aquachar. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm fine. Today I watched the last season uh, of Suits uh, at home, so it was uh, quite interesting. <laughs> yeah, that's a great show. So can you tell me a little bit about yourself? And before we get into the main topic of Moss, can you just set a little bit of a introduction to how you got into everything that you do today? Yes, of course. Um yeah, first, I'm very happy to talk about moss today with you, like I mentioned, because um, my, my closest friends and family are not so super interested in this matter. And so that's why there are not so many options to get so much in details uh, like uh, today. Um, I worked as a digital ma- media manager and game designer in the last 10 years here in Berlin. And in the last two, three years, I become passionate landscape photographer and I'm also interested in, in drones and piloting drones. And essentially, I, I, I love the outdoors and I'm hiking a lot uh, in nature. So um, that's my background personally. Uh, but I'm not, I'm not a scientist or a horticulturalist. Um, I have a more creative, conceptual view on the matter of moss. So and my fascination for moss start uh, 2010 around 2010 and i was fascinated by the own aesthetic of moss um, and the characteristics because it's so different plant from from a plant with roots and especially the effect of mimicking mimicking landscape a natural landscape green landscapes um, was fascinating for me and I was also interested in, in, in Japanese Zen gardens and all this stuff and also aquariums and uh, aquascaping. And I tried to achieve something like this with moss but without all the hassle of a full equipped aquarium. So that's why I, I started with moss and I was outdoor, I am outdoor a lot and that's why I see a lot of moss and yeah, I love it. I love it, the feeling uh, of touching it also. And yeah, it's a great plant. And uh, yeah, in around 2010, uh, I developed with uh, my partner, uh, Peter Power, uh, a basic, very basic indoor container for a design convention for moss. And afterwards, we developed some installations um, for events uh, and, and clients. But the following years, uh, I was more concentrated on my career and my family. But now in lockdown, the last months, my opportunities to go outside and travel and see awesome landscapes to photograph was, uh, it was not so easy for, like for everyone. And so came back a little bit this, um, this fascination for moss and especially as home decoration for people that can't leave the houses. Mm-hmm. So can you give me a little insight about what moss is? Obviously, it's a plant, but it's not like any plant. It doesn't have roots. So 
how does it survive and what type of plant is it? Yeah, what I like, I like, I like one sentence uh, to, um, to, to show the difference. Um, this is, if plants drink the water with their roots, mosses breathing the, uh, the water from the air with their leaves. And this is the main difference for me between root plants. Um, they, they don't need roots. They don't have roots in a classical or traditional way. Uh, they use their leaves and uh, consume the nutrients and their, the, the water that they need for, for photosynthesis uh, by their leaves. And so that shows that the substrate has a function, of course, but it's not the same, has not the same priority like with root plants. So this is the most important uh, different, uh, difference. And yeah, when you go talk about moss at itself, there are a lot of different mosses with also different uh, needs. Uh, and if we talk about mosses, I talk especially about leaf mosses. So uh, there are also different kinds of mosses, but also, I'm working with the mosses that I find here uh, in, in the city and also in the, in the woods. You know? Of course, there are different mosses. For, for example, there are also a lot of aquatic mosses that are used in nano aquariums. And also these mosses can survive without water, not without water, but without uh, being um, in, uh, submerged in water. They also can live in uh, immersed conditions. Uh, but then also they need a lot of humidity. So I stick with uh, mostly with uh, with uh, the leaf mosses. Mm -hmm. So would a moss be considered an epiphyte? Um, yes, in, in a certain way they are because they don't need soil to grow. So uh, not soil uh, like other root plants it needed. They need some ground that's important, of course, the, that they are cultivated on. And they need, uh, this is also interesting, they need really a drainage. Uh, so they do, shouldn't be soaked totally in water for a long time. So, so that, that's why important um, the underground. But uh, much more important is the water, the water and uh, the humidity uh, the, the moss is living in. How does the moss bind to the surface that it's on? Because I know that moss is always like binded or attached to like concrete or the soil on the ground. So how does it do that? I mean, they have a kind of uh, organics uh, to, to keep them on the, uh, on the, on the ground. But this, they're not for drinking water. This is, this is the difference, you know? That's interesting. When you're keeping your moss, like, in your house, do you use, like, a mineralized water, or are you using a purified water? I usually or mainly use fresh rainwater, and I think this is the best water for moss, um, because they, there are nutrients inside that the moss is using. Um, and also use distilled water if we have a very hard, a long dry period here. Uh, both is uh, both is possible. Uh, you shouldn't use tap water, at least in the most areas, because it's too hard. And mosses needs also more a neutral or light, slightly acidic environment, and this is also not the case in tap water mostly what are your steps on keeping moss alive like what is the 
uh, how do I say, like terrarium or enclosure that you're putting your moss in? What is that? Uh, there's different types of moss terrariums or moss containers you can grow your moss. And there are also d- different levels of moss gardening, I, I would say. If you collect the moss from the outside, what's possible, um, then um, the first step is to maintain it healthy. You know, This is uh, the first step. And then it starts a process of establishing itself under the new conditions. And the next step is really growing what needs time because it's really a slow-growing plant. And the highest level of moss gardening and moss carrying is surely propagation uh, um, with spores. You know, that's uh, something very hard to achieve uh, indoors. Yeah. So how does the propagation uh, work? I mean, I'm not a scientist, but um, there are two different types of propagation. The first is uh, non-sexual. So um, this is easier to achieve. And the second is with, with spores. Like um, um, they have certain organ organics uh, for 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 this kind of propagation. And so, are you like fertilizing the spores on one type of moss, and then you take another moss and no use I, that seed? No, what I do sometimes, uh, I mean, I install a living moss. So um, I take this moss, I clean it, and this is a living plant and. So there's the the challenge is to maintain it healthy, and another way is to make your own moss mix. So then you take mostly different types of moss, and you cut them in pieces, and then you put them in the terrarium or in the in your container. So interesting. Yeah. So and yeah. Oh, you go ahead. And there you talked about how to grow your moss indoors. And I found personally my way. We can talk later about it a little bit. But traditionally, or there are different types. Uh, so the one very common possibility is to have them in sealed or closed uh, containers, totally closed. Uh, this is what is called hermetosphere. I hope in English too. Um, this is a very... Um, close and own ecosystem but I'm not doing this um, and then the next step or next possibility is to have them in nearly closed container with small air holes um, something like this so 95% closed um, this is different um, and then you have to start to care about humidity uh, in the container so and there's also an option to make kokodama. I don't know if you know uh, kokodama. This is more moss ball. This is also yeah. something I personally don't do. And of course, there are also something like um, aquatic setups. So where you have aquarium or something like a paludarium, you know, where it's an open container, but with an aquatic base, then you can put mosses also there, not in the water, also in the water, the aquatic mosses, but the leaf mosses more... Um, um, in um, the higher areas of the paludarium. Mm -hmm. So you talked about the Kokodama ball. Is that the same as a Wabikusa? Yeah, it's it's very similar, I would say. I mean, Mm -hmm. Wabikusa sometimes, or what I've seen, 
is all the I mean, a classic Kokodama has no container. It's on a on a tablet or something like this, and it's freestanding. And um, Babikusa is, is also um, more in a open container. It's my it's one difference. I see it. All right. Okay. Um, so what is your style in growing your moss? Looking at your Instagram, I see that you have a sort of tray um, that is your specific tray. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, yes, I cultivate my, my moss in, in two different locations, or three different locations. First is uh, I have a moss farm outdoor that is uh, where's the moss in a box, uh, also on soil. Um, mostly the soil where uh, I found the moss in. So I take a part of the moss uh, of the soil from the place where I found the moss. And these are closed containers with uh, little air holes. And I spray them very regularly, uh, but they also uh, have no problem to, to hold the humidity in a nearly closed container. Um, there I, I storage my moss for uh, the next steps when I use them indoors. A similar installation I have also indoors. Um, this um, this are planned yeah, containers also uh, closable um, and um, then I have my showrooms or my my very open container uh, where I'm working with um, hidden humidifiers to um, moisturize or uh, the, the moss with a, a automatic or timed um, schedule. So that's what I was wondering about those open uh, showroom containers. I I know that moss obviously needs to be moist and wet, but those are so open. So how do you keep those wet? You said you had automatic humidity. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you uh, as uh, you know, maybe um, humidifiers that are used um, for aromatherapy or also for air conditioning and air um, humidifying the air in indoor rooms. Uh, this I use for um, humidifying the moss and of course also the room. So, um, and I'm, I, I use them in the morning at eight o'clock around this time for a longer period. Um, also to bring really wetness in, in the container. And then there is a schedule every 15 minutes for a, a one minute humidifying. So around, so that keeps it mm. humid and, but not soaked in water. What's very interesting, very important. So. Yeah. So the humidifiers, where are they located in relation to the moss? Is it built into the container or is it just, um, like uh, both, nearby? both, uh, I use both, um, um, the main the main humidifier is uh, in a central position uh, because all my designs, if you have seen them on Instagram, they are not mimicking so much uh, a wooden um, scene, more a mountain scene. And I work a lot of, with stones, lava stones, and some other aquatic stones or stones that I use also in uh, nano aquariums, and. Uh, Behind and underneath them, uh, there are humidifiers that are humidifying um, the, um, the, the air in the container and in the environment around, and also make 
um, the fabrics, because I'm not working with soil, uh, the fabrics wet, and then the, the fabrics um, are um, conserving the, uh, the humidity for a while. So, so it's a mix of uh, hmm. different fabrics, because you need also fabrics that hold moistures, but you need also fabrics that are evaporating uh, the, the water. Yeah. yeah, that's interesting. So what do you find that the biggest cause of death for moss is? Because I know I've killed a lot of moss yeah. in my time. How do you keep yeah. years alive? I mean, uh, yeah, to think about this, I, I, I tell you uh, what is the worst condition moss can have. And this is totally be soaked in harsh sunlight. This is something was moss kills uh, in a very short um, period of time. And you have to do the different, uh, the, the opposite. Um, so um, I, I try, uh, what I, how I think about it, keep it fresh. So keep it fresh means um, it shouldn't be too warm. So, and this is also a benefit from the humidifying process. It also cools down a little bit uh, the moss because of, um, because of uh, evaporative cooling effect. So that's uh, important. So, and also what, for example, in closed environments or sealed environments, this can be a problem, is airflow. Because uh, moss also needs fresh air. It's not, uh, that's, uh, that's why I also put them in, in, in more open containers. And another big reason is also uh, because for my photographing, because I like to photograph uh, also these environments, uh, it, it's much easier without them, uh, without the moss is behind glass. You know? um, yeah, to summarize, what would be an optimal setup? Yeah, so I, I can um, say it should be cool below, below 20 degrees. Um, Celsius, I think it's around 70 degrees on Fahrenheit, something like this. Um, air humidity uh, above 60, 65% with a frequent misting. Uh, and this misting with temporal uh, peaks and lows. So in the morning, there's a, a big misting with a longer period, half an hour, and then a frequent misting, short misting during the day. Then a misting, a longer misting uh, in the afternoon, uh, early evening, and for the night, uh, I close my also my open containers with something like a lid. It's something like a glass dome. I also used uh, umbrellas, uh, transparent umbrellas, to protect them during the night. So, and the, the whole environment should be neutral to more acidic uh, and not alkaline. The environment should have good airflow. And we also should talk about light because uh, it's known or it's everybody, everybody thinks um, mosses don't need so much light. That's also true. But they also, um, in, of course, they need light for um, photosynthesis. And they also, a decent amount of light helps the process of metabolizing and so on. So what would be a good little, like, container or setup to use for a beginner that wants to grow some moss and wants to keep it alive it doesn't have to be a crazy setup just like something simple 
for someone to easily yeah keep? it's a good question because it's it depends a little bit of the enthusiasm uh, of the people how much he wants to care about uh, the moss you know if you want as less care as possible then try maybe also a totally sealed container um then because this you have to um to moisturize one time when you seal it and you have to look at the container how much is condensation but it shouldn't be too wet there shouldn't be water on the ground really water um but me personally because i i work with my moss daily um i i i prefer to have them in more open containers and if you want to go a middle way then i would suggest uh, a, a container that is mostly closed so closed with air holes so that there is a certain amount of air movement and then also you have to look at uh, the installation and moist them with sprays um, maybe once a day or once a week depends you know so I try to, to have a flexible system where I can make it very wet because when I close my open containers and I start the humidifiers, it's totally wet in seconds, of course. And then I can take away the lid to let evaporate some of the wetness. And then I, so I can control the humidity um, by percentage. So, and this is, and I try to, to achieve, depending a little bit on the, on the type of moss, between 60, 65, 70% of humidity. Do you find that airflow is a big uh, factor when fighting against mold in yes. moss setups? Um, like you can imagine, I have in my containers, in the open one, uh, not so so much problems with, with mold. Uh, I had them in totally closed containers because this, there, this can be an issue with totally sealed containers uh, because... What mold loves is warmth, wetness, and low airflow. And this is something you have to look at. And if you see me personally, when I see uh, mold, I'm very allergic to it, um, but I don't have it so often or quite simply never. Um, but if you find moss uh, or mold in your sealed container, then you should take it away and let it dry out the whole system. Because moss, and it's also interesting, is quite rough tolerant, you know, so it can totally dry out and comes to health again if it's uh, wet again. You know, that's uh, also a characteristic of moss that's very interesting. Also, depending a little bit of the type of moss, my best results with um, being dry out and come back to life, I have with Tortula ruralis. This is a leaf moss, very common, or I think all around the world, more or less. And this is also a very interesting uh, species because it's a uh, it demonstrates you how uh, wet or how moist is your system, you know, because it changes their appearance when it gets dry, you know. And then if this kind of moss is good, good looking good, then you have quite good uh, amount of um, humidity in the system. Mm -hmm. So, what would be a moss that you would suggest for a beginner? Would you recommend buying it or like collecting it from the wild? Yeah, I mean, I personally collect uh, also because I have access to a private wood, yeah, uh, or wildwood um, forest where I can collect moss. Um, and I also collect moss in the city. You can find moss everywhere. But I think Totoro Rural is what I mentioned before is a very, very good moss for beginners. 
And other very common moss types is Leucobrium glaucum. Um, this is uh, also an interesting moss. Hypnum compressiformer is also an interesting moss. And there are, there are some, some others. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you find there's any mosses that you would really stay away from as a beginner? Mm, I, would, I would start with moss that is very common that you find everywhere because then you don't harm the nature not so much in do you searching for very exotic, very specific uh, moss types of moss. So you can also try with to buy mosses. Uh, I, mean, I mean, the aquatic, aquatic mosses are very available in aquarium shops and you can try to work with them and try to transfer them to an immersed state. But this is not what I personally am doing, what I didn't do until now. Maybe I try some uh, experiments with this because this is something I really love about moss. There is so much, uh, there are so much possibilities to experiment with mosses, with setups, with humidity, with different materials, also fabrics. Well, that's really interesting. Um, did you have anything else that you wanted to add? Um, yeah, good question. I mean, I, I think we had a good conversation about the whole uh, matter of moss. Um, yeah, I can only say uh, it, it makes a lot of fun to, to do this and to experiment with this. And yeah, let's go. Do it. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show and being a guest. I had a lot of fun and I learned a lot. It's going to be very useful to use these techniques in the future. Yeah, so thank, thank you. you so much. Nice, nice to talk to you. Bye. Nice to talk to you too. Thank you. So that was our time with Jan today. Uh, I really appreciate you for coming on the show. I had a great time discussing moss with you. I learned a lot and I know that all the people listening will also learn a lot from this so just thank you for coming on and hope to talk to you again the next episode will be about orchids so stay tuned for that one thank you